This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. And I want you to listen very carefully because I think that this uh, there's some <clears throat> truths and some nuggets within this message today that holds the key to the healing of our nation. He said, that's a bold speech from a pastor <laughs> to make that say. Well, I can make it bold because it's God's Word. Amen? And we will prove it from God's Word. Turn to Luke chapter 4. We're, we're glad that you're here. Let me welcome you again to Passion Church. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. God bless you. Uh, Thank you for coming out and worshiping with us today. And uh, just open your heart and mind to God's Word as we look at it. In Luke 4, we're talking about some principles from Jubilee, and we we talk about how that Jesus is our Jubilee. And you know, in Israel, I'll just kind of real quickly catch us up. In Israel, God told them when they went into the Promised Land, He said, Eventually, and I'm paraphrasing here, but there's going to come inequities among the people. Amen? There's only one perfect government I know of, and that is the government of the Most High God. Amen? (laughs) But, But, you know, he said when you get there, there's going to be inequities. Over a period of time, he said, some people are going to be indebted to other people. That's just the way it is. You know, I'm, I'm amazed at people that they, they just seem so per- surprised that we're living in an imperfect world. I want to say, where have you been? <laughs> but he knew that there would be some inequ- inequities and that people would, would lose their property and even, uh, you know, even find themselves in servitude and, and in debt and all those things. So God says, here's what we're going to do. He said, I want you to have a jubilee on the 50th year without fail. And he said, on that day of atonement, when the blood was shed for all the sins of Israel for that year were covered, when those, all your sins and your debts are canceled, he said, then I want you to extend that same grace to your brothers and sisters by forgiving all their debts. Boy, if we just just said amen, went home and did that, we'd have a good service today. You know, we need to learn to practice that. And then, you know, in the process of time... Israel was people just like us. And so, little by little, you know, they stopped doing it. Hello. So we get up to Jesus' day. In Luke 4, Jesus is coming in to his hometown synagogue at Nazareth. And in verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now that last statement, everybody in there knew exactly what he was referring to. He was referring to Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. That was the year of God's favor. God had said to Israel, He said, I'm going to so bless your crops that you know what? He said, you're going to eat from them for three years. Woo! Boy, I don't know if they had corn over there, but boy, them that must have, corn stalks must have been mighty big. I mean, you know, you can read about that in Leviticus 25. We looked at that before. You can go back and listen to the podcast, and you can read that for yourself. But he was talking about the year of the Lord's favor. 
So we talked about that was when God's blessing was going to come on Israel. And Jesus said, this day is this scripture, the year of the Lord's favor. He said, it's fulfilled in your hearing. And they all got mad. Tried to kill him. I've preached in some hard places, but I've never been anywhere where they tried to kill me. Just for preaching good news. Why, well, I mean, I, I, why in the world could you be mad about that? Well, one of the reasons I believe they were is because they were occupied by Rome. And one of the reasons they got in that position is because they stopped celebrating Jubilee. Now, I'm going to show you that as we progress today from the Scriptures. That the redemptive power of Jubilee can absolutely set a family, a community, a church, or a nation free. Absolutely. Forgiveness of our debts. Turn, turn over to Colossians 2. I could quote it, but let's, let's look over there. Colossians 2, verse 13. Paul's writing, he said, When you were dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us most of our sins. Just seeing if you're reading with me. All our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He canceled all our debt. Sounds a whole lot like Jubilee except on steroids because it's the blood of Jesus that set us free, not the blood of a bull and a goat. Amen. But nevertheless, the principle is similar. He, he canceled out all our indebtedness. Now we know this, the Scriptures teach us that the, that the borrower is subject to the lender. Isn't that right? If I owe somebody, if I owe in the natural, if I owe a creditor, I'm telling you, I'm subject to them. They can garnish my wages. They can do all kinds of things depending on how I handle that. Isn't that right? But once the debt's cleared, the creditor, he ain't got no power over me. Let's keep reading now. Let's keep reading. Keep that thought in mind. Keep reading. He has taken it away. He nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, how did he disarm them? He paid our debt. The devil ain't got no leverage over you. I mean, the creditor, the devil has no more leverage over you. This was what Jubilee was all about. God was wanting a nation to understand that if you will release my favor that I release upon you, release it to your brothers and sisters. He said, there can be a, an elimination of any leverage, anything that would stand between our relationships. So because Jesus provided forgiveness for us, He released Satan's leverage over me. This is why the Bible says that 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 sin shall not have dominion over you. Your debt, you don't owe any more debt. It's been paid in full by Jesus. So the devil has no leverage over us. Glory to God. That's how, see, that's why I can say he's disarmed when the devil comes around men and say, Hey, buddy, you know, if your car's paid off, but the bank wants you to come try it, some guy tries to come and reposition your car, say, I'm taking your car. Say, No, buddy, that thing's paid for. You're not taking it. You can't take it. It's illegal. You're acting illegally. And see, that's the whole point, isn't it? 
When the enemy comes around, when we understand what Jesus Christ has done for us, Jesus, our jubilee, when the devil comes around, tries to make you sick, tries to make you broke, tries to, tries to, tries to drive a wedge between you and another brother and sister, you say, hey, no, that ain't going to work here. It's been paid. Jesus provided forgiveness. He brought us into right relationship with the Father, didn't he? Remember, in Israel, the principle in Jubilee was every man shall be restored to his original possession. Families were reunited. Isn't that what happens through Jesus? We, God want, wanted a family. We're in the family of God. We've been restored into right relationship with Jesus. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you what, I, I want all the stuff God's got for me. Isn't that right? I'm going to give him all the glory, but I want all the stuff. Isn't that right? God wants you to have it. Notice what he says here. He says, he disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. My debt's paid. So I can return to my position as a child of God. God made us to be in relationship with him. We know that from Genesis. Isn't that true? That was God's original intent for mankind. That we would, we would be children unto God, that we would walk with Him, that we would have a relationship with Him, that we would work together with Him here in the earth to see His will uh, come to pass, to have a father-son, father-daughter relationship with the Most High God. Amen? So it's all canceled out. So the enemy has no leverage over you. You return to favor with God. Now, we're going to look at a little further here, but you know, I found out that there's still a whole lot of debt collectors around. You ever had to deal with a debt collector? Man, oh man, isn't that fun? Man, I'm telling you. You know, they want, their, they want what they want. They want their pound of flesh. They want their money. They want what you owe them. They want it, they want it, they want it, they want it, they want it. And they just nag you, nag you, nag you, nag you, nag you. Bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you. They don't care. Go get the money. I don't care where you get it. Just get the money. We got, we got, you got to pay, you got to pay, you got to pay, you got to pay. That's a debt collector. And you know, in the world, and even in the church, there are peacemakers and debt collectors. Two types of people. You know, we got way too many of the latter instead of the former in our nation right now. Everybody's a debt collector. You owe me, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me. You're indebted to me, you're indebted to me. You owe me, you owe me, you owe me. Well, I'm going to get awful quiet in here now. Boy, if I talked about how God was going to bless you, you'd be shouting. Just as Christ's forgiveness disarmed the devil's hold over us, our forgiveness disarms the enemy in our relationships with one another, thereby creating peace. I'm going to tell you how we can have unity and peace in our nation right now. Stop being debt collectors and start being peacemakers. But see, something in that old flesh wants to rise up and say, yeah, but you don't know what they've done to me. No, I, I don't. But God does. I know what they did to Jesus. Because it's in the Scriptures, isn't that right? He bore your punishment. He bore what you should have borne. He took your guilt, your condemnation, your judgment. And didn't he? I said, didn't he? Yet he was innocent, wasn't he? Absolutely he was. 
So we have to understand, what are we going to be? We have to make up our decision, a decision. Look at Matthew 18. Are we going to be debt collectors or peacemakers? Matthew 18. Now, Jesus said, you know, over there in Matthew 5, verse 9, you, know, you don't have to turn over there. I'm going to refer to it, though. That Jesus, in that what we call the, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. He didn't say, Blessed are the debt collectors. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, 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 peacemakers. We need some more peacemakers in our nation. Come on. See, because, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, and let's face it, you know, the only good news you're going to find right now is in this book. Isn't that right? I don't care what's your favorite news outlet. It ain't going to be a whole lot of good news there. Whatever it is, it don't matter. I glance at them all. They all reporting pretty much the same thing with just a little bit different slant, but it's all bad. Isn't that right? In Matthew 18, he's, we're talking about peacemakers or debt collectors. And I want you to notice, uh, we're going to look at a couple of uh, portions of Scripture. In, in verse 15 there, he said, Jesus is talking about, he said, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. This is before they had social media. Everybody's on social media pointing out everybody's faults. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. <laughs> he said, just between the two of you. He didn't say just between the two of you and your 500 friends you got there on Facebook, if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to, to, to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen even to the church, let them uh, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now I want you to notice this next verse. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The reason we see an escalation of what's going on in our nation is, is that we're all binding everybody's debts to one another. Well, it's awful quiet in here. Close the doors over there. That's what's happening. The, the pointing of the finger. You did this, you didn't do that. You did this, you didn't do that. And here's the thing. He didn't say that, that the offense was not real. It was real. It wouldn't need any reason to be justified if it wasn't a real offense, would it? We're not, nobody's disputing that. But if we're ever going to move forward, we've got to what? Decide that we're going to stop being debt collectors and start being peacemakers. We're going to stop binding God's will in relationships with one another by holding on to debts that are owed me. Anybody ever been done wrong? Ain't even know you. That's a rhetorical question, isn't it? We have. Some been done wrong more than others, perhaps. Some been done wrong to different degrees. But we all been done wrong. And if we're honest, we've all done wrong to others. So here's the thing. We've got to decide, are we going to bind up 
Boy, I tell you, that's exactly what the devil likes. The devil thrives, James tells us over there, he thrives where there's strife. He said where there's strife, he said there's every evil work. Oh, that's what he loves. He loves to stir up. He loves to stir up this one against that one. This one against that one. That one against this one. He'll do it in your family. He'll do it in a community. He'll do it in a nation. We who are spiritual must see beyond the natural. We've talked about that. Now, you know the story. He goes on down here, uh, you know, and he talks about the two servants. You know the story. I'm going to summarize it up to a point, and then I'm going to read some verses. You know, the king, there was a king there. He decided he was going to, you know, call in every, all the debts that was owed to him. So he brought this one man in, and in the NIV it says he owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Woo! You know, he doesn't say why, and of course Jesus is doing it for emphasis, but you wonder how he ever got that far in debt. <laughs> but he's, you know, the king says, okay, they are reckoning, pay up what you owe. And he said, I, I can't pay it. He said, okay, we're going to sell your, everything you've got, and we're going to sell your family into servitude. They're going to become slaves. And he said, whatever I can get, I'm going to get. And he said, he fell down on his feet, and he said, be patient with me, and I'll pay you all. Well, you I find that hard to believe that he could pay back in probably 10 lifetimes, 10,000 bags of gold. So the king was moved with compassion. You remember the parable? And he forgave him all that debt. Well, we know that that is a type of what Jesus has done for us. Isn't that right? We owed a debt we could not pay. And he paid a debt that he did not owe. And it was my debt. It was your debt. It was insurmountable. It was an impossible debt that could be repaid. Isn't that true? And then, let's look down here about verse 28. It says, but He said, that servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. See, here's the thing. When we hold on to debt that's owed us, we begin to be angry. Notice, he didn't come and just politely say, hey, you think you could, we could work something out here where you could pay this back? I mean, this is a sum probably that could, be, could have been paid back maybe, you know. Can we work out? No, he, he was angry about it. Who knows? Maybe this guy owed him, you know, for a long time. But he, he was angry about it. He choked him. He said, man, you go. And he said, pay me what you owe. He was a debt collector, wasn't he? His fellow servant fell down. You know what he says. He'd be patient with me. But he refused. He went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged, went and told the master everything. The master called the servant in. You know how it went. He said, you wicked servant. Woo. I canceled all that debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured, ouch, until he should pay back all that he owed. That's going to be a long time, wasn't it? Kind of hard to pay back when you're in prison. He said, but here's the real kicker. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. See, we go back up where he said, whatever you bind, 
on earth is going to be bound in heaven. He said, if you don't want to forgive your brothers and sisters the debt that they owed you, he said, your debt's not going to be forgiven either. I don't know about you, but I, I've got a pretty good idea before this week's out, probably before the day's out, I'm going to need, <laughs> I'm going to, need to exercise that forgiveness clause. Lord, forgive me. So I sure can't be holding on to any debts of people that have done me wrong. So here's the thing, church, are we going to be debt collectors? Are we going to join in with the world that, you know, it's all about the debt collecting right now. You owe me, you owe me, you owe me. You did this wrong, you did that wrong. Whether it's this one did that one wrong or this race did that race wrong or whatever it might be, everybody's pointing a finger. But you know what? We have to decide are we going to be on the side of debt collectors or peacemakers? And I want to tell you, the easy thing is to be a debt collector. Come on. You know, because it's real easy to say, hey, you know, see that right there? That's what you owe me. You do owe me that. You're not, you're not lying about it. You're telling the truth. They really do owe me that. They did, really did do me wrong. Amen? Nobody's, nobody's disputing that. But we have to decide, are we going to be a debt collector or a peacemaker? Mm, it is good preaching, isn't it? It's good because it's right here in the Bible. It's plain, isn't it? Now, I want to take this a little bit further, and I want to extend this, extend this uh, principle to a nation. And fortunately, we have a wonderful example of that in Jeremiah. Turn over to Jeremiah 34. <clears throat> Now, Nebuchadnezzar and the armies of Babylon had been defeating king after king, kingdom after kingdom, and finally they, they, they're at the gates of Jerusalem. And they're waging war, they're sieging the, the walls of Jerusalem. And notice what he says here, you know. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet comes. Boy, here's your... your an enemy surrounding you and everything. And somebody says, here comes the prophet. And you go, thank God, the prophet's here. And then the prophet says, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. <laughs> I'm about to give this city into the hands of the king of Babylon. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? <clears throat> and he will burn it down. Everybody's shouting so far, huh? You will, you will not escape <laughs> from his grasp. You will be given into his hands. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he talked about that. And then he get, we get down to verse 6. It said, Jeremiah the prophet told us this to Zedekiah, king of Jerusalem, a king of Judah in Jerusalem, while the army of the king of Babylon was fighting against Jerusalem and the other cities of Judah that were still holding out. Verse 8, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to proclaim freedom for the slaves. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jubilee. Everyone was to free their Hebrew slaves. Well, that's what God said to do, hadn't he? Both male and female. No one was to hold a fellow Hebrew in bondage. Say amen. So all the officials and people entered into a covenant and agreed that they would free their male and female slaves and no longer hold them in bondage. They agreed and set them free. But, everybody say but. Well, the buts is what gets us, isn't it? 
You always say, you know, goats are what butts. Goats butt, sheep follow. But, see, so far so good. They did what God said, but afterward they changed their minds, took back the slaves they had freed, and enslaved them again. Notice in verse 14 he said, well, let's, let's just keep reading. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, verse 12. This is what the Lord God says. I made a covenant with your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I said, every seventh year you must free your fellow, any fellow Hebrews who have sold themselves to you. And after they've served you six years, let them go. Your ancestors, however, did not listen to me or pay attention to me. What got them in all this trouble was what? They forgot to, to celebrate and obey God's command about Jubilee. Now, I wonder how, how that happened. How did that come about? Because they became a nation of debt collectors. I'm going to let you go when you pay me back, rather than showing you God's favor in the time of Jubilee. He said, recently you repented and did what was right in my sight. Each of you proclaimed freedom to your own people. You even made a covenant in the house that bears my name. But now you've turned around and profaned my name. Each of you has taken back the male and female slaves you had set free to go where they wished. You have forced them to become your slaves again. In other words, they would not forgive the debt. They only had a pretense of forgiving the debt. Because we're going to go on and read that when they did this, when they made this covenant and they set their brothers and sisters free of their debt, God drew Nebuchadnezzar and the armies away from Jerusalem and Judah. So as soon as they saw that the armies were gone, they just went right back to their old ways. Oh, right. Listen to what he says in 17. He said, therefore, this is what the Lord says. You've not obeyed me. You've not proclaimed freedom to your own people. That's us in the church as it applies to us. So now I proclaim freedom for you. Freedom to fall by the sword, plague and famine. Whoo! That's tough, isn't it? Notice in verse 21. I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his officials into the hands of their enemies who won't to kill them into the army of the king of Babylon, which has, which has withdrawn from you. In other words, God had drawn him away. But because they went back and said, you know what? <clears throat> I know I said I was going to set you free from those debt, but guess what? You owe me, plus the interest. <laughs> Come on. See, the interest on debts unpaid is anger, bitterness, resentment. That's the interest on the debts that we refuse to pay. Forgive, brother. When we, we won't forgive it. That's, what, that's the interest we draw. Boy, we're seeing a whole lot of interest being drawn in this nation. He said, he said, I'm going to give the order, declares the Lord, and bring them back to this city. They will fight against it, take it, and burn it down. I will lay waste to it. So when they celebrated jubilee and released 
everyone, their brothers and sisters, their debt, and let them go free, deliverance came. Deliverance to a nation. I mean, the enemy was literally, I mean, the wolf was at the door. But yet when they forgave debt and released their brothers and sisters, what did he do? He says, God drew him away. There was deliverance. Well, I'm telling you, we need some deliverance in our nation. And I know we're all praying, and praying is right, and we need to do that. But I'm telling you, sometimes, you know, it takes more than that. It takes some of us rising up and being big enough in God and in the grace of God to be peacemakers. Say, you know what? Yeah, I was done wrong. My family was done wrong. But you know what? I'm not going to be a debt collector. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to be someone who is a peacemaker. I'm going to forgive the debts, that, the wrongs that were done, the, the what's owed me. I'm going to forgive it and release it because when I do that, I'm going to begin to release healing over my family, over my community, and over my nation. If we could just get the church to do this. <clears throat> See, as we release others' debts, it also releases us. This is the key of binding and loosing. What I bind on you turns around and binds me. What I release from you, I can get released from God. Because Jesus, didn't He say over there in Mark 11, He said, when you stand praying, forgive. He said, and if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. See, you can do a whole lot of praying, but not much good. Because it depends on what posture you're praying from. If you're praying from the posture of a debt collector, it's not going to do that much good. But if you'll be a peacemaker, mm, powerful, powerful. As we sow mercy, you know what we reap? And I'm going to tell you, my brothers and sisters, no matter how spiritual you are, there's going to come a day when you're going to need some mercy. Well, I sure don't want to be on the short end of the stick, so to speak, when it's time for mercy. I'd rather err, boy, I tell you, I'd rather err in forgiveness. I'd rather err in love than any other error I can think of. Listen, <clears throat> your flesh does not like to do this. Mine doesn't. I, you know, my flesh wants its pound of flesh. You did me wrong? Okay, buddy, it's on. When, you know, when you're the victim of it. But here's the thing, you know, <clears throat> I remember summertime growing up, we was always out in the countryside, and, you know, grew up in the country. They just about had to, you know, pipe in the sunshine. We were so far out. But, you know, all day long you're out playing, you know. And I remember, you know, you get stung, you know, wasp or bee or something will sting you, but every once in a while, you know, you get stung like that and you look down and that stinger was still in you. You ever, you ever seen that or had that happen to you? And that, and that thing was, as long as that stinger was in there, it was, just, it was still pumping that stuff into you. And see, that's what happens. See, when we don't release a debt, it's like, yeah, that hurt when they did that. But when we won't release the debt, it's like that stinger is still stuck in there pumping away. And we really, really need 
to let it go. Pull it out. Let it go. Amen? Today, here's what I would like for us to do. Only if you're willing. Nobody has to do anything. But today, I would like for us to release every person, past and present, of their debt or offense to me, to you, to us. Now, I'm going to lead us into compassion. If, if you're not sure about this, if you don't agree with this, you do not have to say a word, okay? But I, there's just a confession here, and I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to speak it out, and I want you, if you would like to and you, you feel prompted to, you just repeat these phrases after me, okay? Just, it's just a confession. Today, in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit. I do forgive and release every person who is indebted to me through wrongful words, actions, or attitudes. And I declare before heaven that they are free from all attachments to these debts of bitterness, anger, and resentment. And I thank you, Father, that I can now receive release from every work of darkness against my life, my family, and my community in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jubilee. Jesus is our jubilee. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm telling you, it's good to be a peacemaker. You know, that means I'm on God's side because He is the peacemaker. He's the peacemaker. And you know, whatever now, whatever may be between you and God, you know, now you can go to God and say, God, you know, I've extended mercy and I'm in position to receive mercy. Isn't that right? Just, just let it go. And you know, when, you, when, you, when people are talking and everything, as you have opportunity, just share with them. You know, I know people are upset. I know people have been hurt. People have been done wrong. There, nobody, anybody that denies that, I mean, you know, uh, you know, you need help. But what we're talking about is the cure. The cure is not that we go around and make sure everybody collects all their debts. Some debts are almost impossible to collect anyway. But the key is, is what? Just like you've done right now, that we encourage others, our brothers and sisters in particular, but others, to just release it. Just release it. And you know what? A unity would come in the church. A unity would come in our family. A unity would come in our nation. And I want to tell you, when we get unified, the real enemy will be put to flight. The devil wants us so distracted in our nation and in the church that we can't be focused on what our real purpose is, and that is what? To declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. My purpose is not to get certain people in the White House. Hey, you know what I say? Educate yourself, exercise your citizenship rights, but that's not my purpose. Paul said, pray for whoever's in authority. <laughs> in their day, they didn't even get to vote about it. 
They had a dictator called Caesar. So that's fine, but you know, that's not my purpose. My purpose is what? I want to bring reconciliation by the gospel to as many people as I can. Man to God and man to man. Amen? And I believe if we do that, irrespective of what flavor is in the White House, you know, God will work and move in our nation because He'll work and move within us. Amen? Absolutely He will. Praise God. I want to pray. Then I'm going to, we're going to give you opportunity to, to give as we get ready to dismiss you this morning. But if you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, maybe, maybe uh, healing in your body, maybe healing for a family member, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you're, you're unemployed right now because of what's going on, whatever your situation is, if you need prayer and you want to be included in this prayer, would you just stand where you are, just wherever you are, God sees your heart. He knows your need. You know, normally we would lay hands on you, but we're going to be obedient. Paul said, be obedient to those who have the rule over you. Amen. So we're going to maintain. But you know what? There's no distance in the Spirit, is there? So whatever it is, as I'm praying here, you just reach out to God with your faith. Listen, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Healing is a good thing, isn't it? Absolutely it is. Health is a good thing. Listen, God wants to supply all your needs abundantly. That's a good thing. Amen? For your family, salvation, that's a good thing. So you can be assured of, as we pray, that this, these are good things that God wants to give, and you just reach out by faith. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we, my brothers and sisters, come into agreement with those who are standing, Father, whether healing for themselves or a family member, whether it's employment or, or financial need that needs to be met. Father, every good gift, every perfect gift that's represented by these people standing, Lord, I thank you that it is met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, according to your abundant mercy. Lord, today they have confessed and released every debt that what that, that was owed them. Father, they've forgiven. They've sowed mercy. And I thank you, Lord, they're going to reap back an abundance of mercy and grace to meet their need in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Well, be seated just for Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.